yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Hello everyone and welcome once again I know it's been a while but we are here We're only here for a half an hour I am JT, a.k.a. The Master And I'm joined by my esteemed co-host Two, two guys from Jersey And the other one's named Jeff They call him the Joker And we make up uh, the FSP Crew Show The number to call in is 347-637 3220. I say that again, it's 347-637-3220. If you'd like to speak to Jeff or me, it's the, it's the place to be. It's 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The game is going to start, which I'm talking about, the um, New York rivalry game, the New York Jets versus the Buffalo, upstate Buffalo Bills, where the, uh, number, f- um, the number five is something that the Jets are, are, are trying to snap that's five times they've met, and five times they've gone down to defeat to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Buffalo Bills puts the Jets out of the playoffs. We also have a chat room sitting out there. If you'd like to join the conversation in the chat room, you can do so. Uh, you, you get in what you, what you put in. Whatever you put in is what you get out. I'm sorry to say that. But without further ado, since we're only going to be here for 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes now, uh, let's bring my esteemed co-host, uh, like I say, my fellow Jersey guy, my fellow um, owners in a, a, a few of the uh, fantasy football leagues that we like to play in, um, Jeff, and they call him the Joker. What's up, my man? Hey, Jerry. Happy to be here. All right, Jeff. Let's talk about the game tonight. Uh, Todd Bowles. Didn't beat the Buffalo Bills twice last year. But um, even though Rex has only been there, this is his second season, um, the Bills have beat the Jets five straight. Knocked them out of the playoffs like I already spoke about. And uh, uh, both these teams are 0-1 and desperately need a win. They don't want to go 0-2, especially Rex, who a lot of people, including myself, before the beginning of the season, say he's on a hot seat. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny with Rex. In, in New York, it clicked for Rex. And I think two years ago he got screwed by ownership because he did not have sufficient talent to win. Um, and you know what? I was trying to think of an analogy. Like sometimes when you start a new job, it just clicks for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And and some places – you know, it just doesn't click, and it's for whatever reason it hasn't clicked for Rex and Buffalo. And the right. way the NFL works, if they disappoint this year, uh, you know he he might be looking for a job. But uh, you know, Rex is like Sinatra; he's going to do it his way. Um, 
And, but Rex was so popular in New York with a difficult fan base and a difficult media, you know, uh, or I should say New York City area to be specific, you know. Right, um, right. You know, but, you know, moves 300 miles upstate and uh, it hasn't clicked. But, you know, they win a few ball games. You know, next thing you know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll love it. They'll love them. So, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, oh, and uh, regarding tonight's game, uh, Sammy Watkins is active. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably one of the most brittle players in the NFL. Uh, oh yeah. A guy who uh, uh, I try to stay away from in drafts. Uh, I even try I, to stay away from him in mocks because I, just I, on principle, you know. I totally agree. Uh, I mean, this guy can't brush his teeth without hurting himself, you know. Yep. Um, yep. And the thing is, if if he was a late pick, it'd be worth it. But he's not a late pick. Let let someone else take that chance early. Um, you know, um, I don't know. It, it, I think it maybe – I don't know if these players are getting more brittle or I'm just getting old and frustrated with it, you know. <laughs> well, it could be a combination of both, and I'm not calling you old, Jeff, but uh, yeah. just – just think about what these guys do now. Um, back in the day, I, I hate to say it like that, but I will say it like that. These guys went through a, a rigorous training camp and um, a practice regimen. Um, regiment. Excuse me. Wait a minute, wait a minute Jeff. Excuse me. A uh, practice regiment during the season. And uh, in my opinion... They, uh, wait a minute. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, in my opinion, it, uh, I wouldn't say it didn't toughen them up, but I'll say that it didn't toughen them up and, and, um, get them, uh, into the rigors of playing, um, a 16 game season. Now, uh, in this new age of the collective bargaining agreement where they can only practice a certain amount of time in, full pads or, or the depending on the day of the week or how the, how the suns or moons align is what, whether they can get in the pads or out of the pads or wh- whether they can practice it during the day or at night or whatever. And, and they have certain um, restrictions that they have during the uh, regular season that these guys, even though there's, I think they rely more on the off season program to get him in some type of football shape. And then the training camp is supposed to push him to the next level. Well, I think they're behind in my opinion because of the onus is being more on the player to get himself in shape versus the team pushing the player to get in shape. And, uh, it, 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 it tends to, uh, open the player up to be successful susceptible for injury. And I think that's what's happening. And some of these guys are just, excuse me, not built to play in the NFL. They may have a ton of talent, but can't sustain that talent because uh, the rigors of the game gets the best of them because they're not built to play football in in, in the NFL. Maybe they were outstanding college players and could deal with the college life and a talent. But these guys, when they get into the NFL, they're the elite of the college players that jump into the NFL. So it's not watered down. Like uh, you may get a team that's got several uh, NFL caliber players on it. 
and, and, and other teams that have only a, uh, less than a handful of NFL talent when you're in college. Now, these, all these guys have NFL talent. They're bigger, stronger, and faster, and they hit harder. And, and they, it's a collision sport, and the collisions are more intense. And some of these guys just can't can't uh, uh, the body just can't sustain it. I don't know what you how you think about that. But, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I'm thinking maybe you know when I was a kid on an NFL team, there was a lot of pickup trucks and maybe a few sports cars. Now they're right. all uh, almost all a lot a lot of them are sports cars. Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, guys that are more likely to get hurt, better athletes. Maybe I don't know. Right. Um, you know, uh, Bill, Bill Parcells had a line. He was talking about he liked uh, fat linemen because uh, you, you don't have to worry about pulling muscles because you can't pull fat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. He, he, he did like the big boys on the line, you know? Yeah, sure he did. Um, sure he did. Yeah, he sure did. Um, I remember that from uh, when he was uh, coaching the Giants. Then there were the Giants, uh, literally and figuratively. Um but uh, I'll tell you, you know, that, you know, injuries, it's part of football. It's part of fantasy football. And now that uh, questionable it has become a broader term. So anyone who misses some practice is now questionable. It makes it a little harder. Because right. it used to be when uh, more guys got the probable, usually you'd go with the probable. But now with so many guys listed as questionable, it's even harder to read the tea leaves on these injured guys. Yeah, and I don't uh, – I don't. maybe you can explain to me what the, uh, the reason for that is. I know they changed it. Uh, and I, I don't know got, the reason. Got, uh, I'm still got, trying to figure it out just like everybody else. Yeah, they got rid of – I think they got rid of the probable. It's, it's questionable and doubtful now, right? Am I right about that? I, I don't know if they got rid of probable, but – they they practically did, and it's just like, you know, uh, you get so used to, you know, looking, P, P looks all right. You might want to read a little more into it, you know, at times. And, and Q was a little more concerned, but, you know, I don't know why they did it. And you know what? I've been saying for years, you know, the NFL has a policy with the injury reports. They got to crack down on some teams because, well, you know, one of the biggest culprits is Belichick. Who, Absolutely. You know, his injury reports are a joke, and he should be fine because, you know, uh, other teams are a little more forthcoming about injuries, and uh, other teams, they play the game. You know, like, um, you know, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, the you know, they had a little bit of a rivalry going on. They got some history there. And when they play each other, they put everybody on the injury re- report as a goof, you know? Right, um, right. And then it cracks me up when the Patriots, you know, uh, late season game, I'll have three guys on the injury report. In December, everybody's banged up. I mean, come on, you know. Uh, it, you know, if if you're going to do injury reports, then they've they got to have a, a, a little bit of truth, you know, a, a little bit of disclosure. Uh, drives you nuts. Another thing they change now, and my – I don't like it. It didn't make sense. It didn't seem consistent with other things in the league. Is now touchbacks are going back to the 25-yard line, and it, it doesn't make sense because the league is trying has been trying to get rid of kickoff returns. This is going to create more kickoff returns. 
which is, I guess, good for a fan, but it's a little bad for safety because, you know, the concern is, you know, there's a lot of injuries on the kickoff returns, which I guess my first thought, my instinct on that was right. You know, like, what were they thinking when they did that? You're right. You're right. And speaking of uh, uh, collision, um, for those who watched the Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken, Carolina and um, uh, Denver last week, the opening game of the season, and the collisions that were taking place in the backfield of the Carolina Panthers and uh, the target, and I'll put it like that, the target, because it looked like target practice um, uh, was in effect, and the target was Cam Newton. Um, and uh, it was, to me, and, and I, I don't know what your opinion is, but I'll get it, um, an ab- uh, uh, absolutely disgusting display of holding the whistle and not calling the game uh, um, to protect quarterbacks um, with Cam Newton. Um, I mean, there was was, uh, headshots after headshots, helmet-to-helmet shots at Cam Newton and late hits that weren't called. I think only two were personal fouls called on the Denver Broncos when there easily could have been uh, twice as many, if not more. Um, And since then, uh, the NFL is reviewing that and also supposed to be putting in $100 million to uh, 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 the study in concussions. If, if I'm reading that right, talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, you know, I, I maybe, you know, Newton doesn't get the calls like he should because, A, he's big, and, B, he's mobile. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Because you think about it. Uh, you know, he's an MVP, he's a star quarterback. Usually guys like that get a more protection. I guess if sure. he was more, you know, of a statue, more of a pocket guy like, like Tom Brady, then he'd get the calls. Um, before you go they, any further, Jeff, before you go any further, the shots he took were in the pocket. He wasn't running. Those right, shots right. he took were in the pocket. Right. Go but, ahead. But, right, you're right, but he's known for his mobility, so right. I understand even that. though he should get the protection in the pocket, I right. think the refs have the mindset, hey, he could take off at any second, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just it, it's odd, you know. Uh, you just say, you know, it's probably a little harder to call a game when you have a quarterback like him. But, you know, you want – you know, you, NFL refs are, are better than a lot of the other sports. You want mm-hmm. a little more uh, consistency. Um uh, yeah, it, it was a bit strange. And, of course, the league does what they do. You know, a couple guys from Denver got fined afterwards. But, you know, what were the refs looking at during the game? You know, exactly. I mean, I don't get it. But, uh, you know, that that's that's the way it goes, you know. All right. Um, let's move on to this. The uh, uh, Sunday night game, Arizona. And uh, uh, the New England Patriots, whereas the, I mean, I would think the majority of football fans and betting interests and everyone except the New England Patriot fans thought that the Arizona Cardinals, home opener, playing in Arizona, 
were going to send the um, New England Patriots, led by Jimmy Garoppolo, to the woodshed. We're going to wear him out because a lot of people had the Arizona Cardinals uh, as a Super Bowl contender. And they wind up losing the game that was led by Jimmy Garoppolo. And to me, he acquitted himself pretty well through that uh, uh, um, uh, vaunted defense of Arizona in Arizona and in a hostile crowd. And uh, one of the losses I thought they were going to sustain while Tom Brady was out until he comes back in game five, well, they turned that loss into a win. So are they going to go uh, 4-0, 3-1? Are they going to – let me put it this way, Jeff. How many more losses, if any, are they going to, going to sustain since one of the losses a lot of people assumed they were going to get when they played in Arizona in the first game didn't happen? Talk to me. Yeah, you know, uh, Garoppolo looked pretty good, and I, I mean uh... – I don't think he'll take Brady's job, but uh, uh, if he could uh, continue to uh, play well, he could establish himself as Brady's replacement because, you know, they, they've had a great run with Belichick as head coach and Brady at quarterback. And, you know, the $64,000 question is, you know, what are they going to do when Brady retires? I mean, hey, they still went 11-5 and five the year without Brady when the they had to put Matt Castle in. Uh-huh. Uh, and also Garoppolo did it without Gronk, you know, his best weapon. So, uh, but the thing is, you know, they had the whole training camp to prepare for it. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, who looked not quite as good, but looked respectable. And uh, just a rookie, Dak Prescott, I thought, looked pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he had extra preparation because – Romo got hurt in a preseason game, but you know, just you know, he got them in and out of the huddle. I don't think he had any delay a game. You know, uh, he had good body language. Uh, you know, he he looks solid. Uh, yes. You know, he needs to get the more, the ball more to Des Bryant, but uh, for a fourth round uh, draft pick rookie, he looked pretty solid. I, I I totally agree, and believe it or not, Jeff, um, I was in my family. Family draft, 14-team PPR league. Um, the commissioner saw I was running the draft. It happened uh, the 8th. I think it was the 8th. No, the 4th. Sunday before Labor Day. And um, in my infinite wisdom, because I'm running the draft and I'm also putting in the, the, the picks as, as, the, as we go, because uh, it was an offline draft, decided to wait late for a quarterback. So in the 10th round, I was going to pick up my quarterback. And lo and behold, in the 10th round, would you believe that, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, it up, bringing it up now because I want to make sure I'm accurate with this because I've never been in a draft and had this happen to me. And um, it, it surprised me. Um, uh, not that I didn't uh, adjust to it, but it did definitely surprise me. But lo and behold, in the 10th round, I was going to pick up my quarterback. All right? I had the number two pick, so I, I, that's neither here nor there. 
Um, but in the 10th round, when I wanted to pick a quarterback up again, um, first quarterback that went was Phillip Rivers. Okay, I said, all right, I didn't want Phillip Rivers. Next quarterback went Eli Manning. Now, I'll try to get Eli Manning, believe it or not, because I think he's going to have a very good year, and he's in the offense that I think is going to score a lot of points. Then I was going to say, well, okay, let me, let me, I know Bortles is still sitting there. Uh, I, I'd probably be able to pick him up. Nope. Uh, and this was, the, this was the round where I had the next to last pick, not the second pick. So I had the next to last pick. So I'm seeing Philip Rivers go, Eli Manning go, Blake Bortles go. I said, how much worse can it get? Uh, then I see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick go. Now, I wasn't really looking for Ryan Fitzpatrick but I was surprised he went there. Then I, I was going to pick my team's quarterback. I said, well, I got him. Uh, he, he's got some decent weapons. I think he's, uh, he'll be able to, to do something. And he went. And I, then I said, well, he's gone. There's no way. that, that Now we're uh, two or three picks away from where I'm going to pick. I got Kirk Cousins. No problem. He went the next pick. I'm saying, okay, okay. Now there's only two picks in front of me. Who could possibly take Jameis Winston before I do? The, the pick before me took Jameis Winston. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So I'm now, now we're in my pick, which is the next to last pick in the 10th round. I, you know, at this point, now I'm trying to scramble to figure out all these quarterbacks. There's like six, seven quarterbacks that were taken in the 10th round. And now I'm looking like, okay. Uh, I didn't take any round, any picks in the fifth round or the sixth round or the seventh round or the eighth round when I normally took them. I said, I figure I'll wait because there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. There's no way that they're all going to be going the way they did, and it happened. So long story short, I wind up taking in the 11th round, the second pick in the 11th round, Dak Prescott as my starting quarterback because oh. there really wasn't anything left after that. So that's who I have as my starting. In fact, I just made a trade with somebody yeah, the, who had. You got to work the trade block. Yeah, I just made a trade and I picked up Derek Carr and um, I think Antonio Gates. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I picked up both of them. If I'm not mistaken. I picked up uh, um, those two guys because my because I waited I waited until the and. and I don't, I don't know what I was thinking, but I waited into the 13th round. The 13th round? Uh, no, I waited, until, I waited late. I know that. I waited late to... Uh, where the heck did I pick up my... Oh, no, no I know what happened. The um, My tight end went early. Where the heck did I pick my tight end back? No, it couldn't. Hold on a minute, Jeff. I'm trying to look at where my, I picked my tight end up. Dak Prescott, Navarro Bowman, Griffin. See, I've, I've waited for quarterbacks, oh. but not that late. Uh, yeah, uh, same here. And I, I, I thought I, because there was such a plethora of quarterbacks, quality quarterbacks, that I thought I would be able to pick up at least one of them. I didn't think, like, like, like the run of quarterbacks happened in, in the 10th round. I didn't think that was ever going to happen, and it did. And it left me in a lurch, I, and I and I picked up my uh, tight end in the fourteenth round. So I didn't have a good draft that that day. I mean, I, I had some decent but players early in the draft, but uh, late must, in the draft, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
excuse me, you must have loaded up on running backs and wide receivers early, which will give you trade bait. You know, I mean, you must have got good guys early if you put back, if you put off taking a quarterback and a tight end. You know. Yeah, yeah. I got Todd Gurley, Amari Cooper, Lashawn McCoy, Michael Floyd, um, Melvin Gordon, uh, Chris Ivory. I took, I picked up Josh Gordon in the seventh round, Kristen Michael in the eighth, Will Fuller in the ninth. Stephon Diggs in the tenth, yeah, um, and, and then I then then Dak Prescott I picked him up in the eleventh round. So and, yeah, uh, so you know, you, you, you mean it, it wasn't like you were drafting bums, but uh, you know, so you, you might have to sacrifice one or two to, of those guys, you know, for uh, the greater good. Well, I, I just just pulled off a trade. I just pulled off a trade in, in like in the last uh, two hours to pick up. Uh, uh, Derek Carr and Antonio Gates, and I gave up uh, Stephon Diggs and Melvin Gordon. So um, I think that was a pretty even trade, and because uh, I needed a tight end, and I needed a, a, a de- I needed a decent tight end and a decent quarterback. So um, I think I'm pretty good. And a key phrase in evaluating trades is quote, and I remember this once from a, 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 a fantasy site. You know, based mm-hmm. on roster needs. Yep. So based on roster needs, that's a good trade for you. Yes. If you didn't have those needs, it would it wouldn't be a good trade because that's exactly. huge, you know. Yes. And yep. you know, yep. I, it's so funny. I know guys. I, I've been in leagues with guys who just want to make a trade just to make a move, and, no. and I don't get that. But I know guys. I, I've I've been in leagues with guys who'd rather lose than trade. I don't get that. You know. That, yeah, that's that's especially in, in a money league. That I mean, that's just throwing your money away, just to be. But, just to be hard-headed and, and stubborn, uh, just yeah, to like, pro- prove a point, it. It, it's, it's that, nuts. that makes no sense. But I, I, I want to um, – I've said this before, but not, I don't think I've said this to you. I want to create a new fantasy award, and it's something that sometimes I've been eligible for. Because uh, in, in the Yahoo League that you and I are in, there's mm-hmm. a guy – and he's going to – I'd like to nominate – be the early nominee for the X-Lax Award. And you know what the X-Lax Award is? What is that? To, to the GM who makes the most moves. Because uh, Louisiana CA, that guy is making a lot of moves. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He has like – he's already made 16 moves. I've no. made two. Now, no. I'm not shy about making moves, but I really – I feel really good about my squad, so you know I don't want to. You don't want to fall in love with your team after the draft, which is a big mistake. But when you feel good about your squad, you know you you don't want to start dropping guys. And, and this guy is is uh, you know drop really just 16 moves already. Wow! So he's the early contender for the Xlax Award. Well, let me let me uh, let me jump in there because I I'm 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 in Yahoo right now, and uh, uh, I'm gonna see what you're talking about. This guy is making that many moves. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Here. I'm looking looking at the Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I don't. I don't like the name, but yeah. Okay. Um. It's he's made seventeen. Seventeen moves already. Wow. Really. Wow. Yep. Wow. Now, wow. you see, also, in this league, you know, 
because you got the PPR guys, and you're more likely to move those guys around more so mm-hmm. than the you know the uh, offensive position players. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I, I've been, you know, uh, my management style, you know, varies depending on the league details and the circumstances. You know, I did w- well in this draft. It was uh, highly rated. Um, yes. I-, I was not in a big hurry to start making moves, you know. I mean. Well, I'm blaming uh, You know, but I made one earlier this week, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Ertz uh, getting injured. Wasn't too happy about that. So, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Jeff, uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Mr. Roger Goodell. Your buddy said he's 100% uh, certain he got the flake gate right. He said, despite ample of evidence that the NFL botched the flake gate, Commissioner Roger Goodell insists he got it right. Asked by NBC's Matt Lyre if he feels 100% certain that he got the fake gate right, Goodell answered immediately, yes. We went through a very exhausting process with this. We had an independent independent investigation. Goodell said that the fact that Tom Brady's a star player and the Patriots are one of the most NFL's most popular franchises has no bearing on the decision to suspend Brady for the first four games of the season. Every player... Every team is subject to the same rules. We don't have rules for marquee players, and we don't have rules for marquee teams. Rules, Goodell's rules and an appeal court's backing let the Brady spend the first month of the season at home. Many disagree, but Goodell is certain he got it right. What's your thoughts? You know, uh, that eventually the court sided with Goodell, but having that whole long, drawn-out thing for a year and a half, believe me, that's not much of a victory. That's barely right. a split decision. And, right. you know, uh, recently it's been the 15th anniversary of uh, the, the 9-11 attacks. And, you know, I'm so glad Paul Tagliabue was the commissioner back then because I, I can only imagine how bad Goodell would have screwed it up. Think, uh, huh? And, unfortunately, because Goodell finally won something, you know, this Brady thing, um, I think he feels empowered, so now, you know, he, uh, you know, you know, he wants to continue to, you know, mismanage the uh, the league. I, I I just I don't care for him because, for despite the fact he's an attorney, he has no concept of uh, due process or transparency or uh, anything that someone in his position should understand. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we come to the end, Jeff. That was a quick 30 minutes, but uh, we are at the end of the show for today, for tonight. People, tune in next week. Uh, before I say that, Jeff, is there anything that you want to bring out? Uh, if before the we Jets don't win tonight, the the New York Jet fans will get ugly. <laughs> and the Jets have jump- a very tough early schedule. They're going to jump off the Queensboro Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Verrazano. No, they'll start throwing Jets, Jets players uh, <laughs> off of the bridge. They'll, uh, you know, I mean, there was a guy, he, he was so nothing sacred. He, he he insulted Brandon Marshall's new hairstyle, you know. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's no limits to these guys. You're right. You're right. And uh, for those uh, who are Jet fans, good luck. For those who are Buffalo Bill fans, also good luck. Um, and uh, the fantasy football um, owners who have uh, players playing in this uh, matchup tonight. 
and uh, in, into the weekend. Good luck. And same to you, Jeff. Good luck to you. Yeah, and you know. uh, uh, hope hope all your fantasy moves are winning moves, and uh, you come out on top. With that being said, it's been a pleasure for the past 30 minutes. Tune in next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where Jeff and I will hold it down again with the FSP Crew Show. Also, stay tuned at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon where uh, Mr. FSP Vic Gardner and myself will be doing the FSP Crew Show. And quite naturally, for an hour and a half to two hours on uh, Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m., uh, I will be sitting for, uh, as the master in the master plan, and uh, we'll be talking fantasy football, breaking down every matchup and the players that I feel are relevant in those matchups. With all that being said, enjoy the rest of this week and enjoy the weekend, and we are out. Yeah, it's Mr. Anchor, fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, check. Fantasy sports and politics.